Hi, Eden. Hi, Ioni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni, and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I'm Eden, and the managing editor of Polyester and the co-host of this podcast. This is Confessions, a new mini-series created in collaboration with Coach. Coach is celebrating what we carry with us, not just your wallet, keys and lip gloss, but the stories and experiences that have shaped us. So, with a few very special guests, we'll be delving into the experiences that you need advice on, from relationship drama, friendship woes, career mishaps and embarrassing moments, to the revelations and aspirations we carry with us. We're here to offer advice and process it all together and encourage each other to embrace being ourselves, because what we carry with us makes us stronger. Before we get started, be sure to check out the latest print issue online featuring all the guests from the series and the zines are now sold out as well, so sorry. Sorry! <laughs> but you can see it all online and it's absolutely beautiful. Exactly. All info is in the episode description. And um, for now, you have this podcast episode. Exactly. Who are we talking to, Eden? Today we're talking to Dochi. Dochi Dochi! Dochi is a musician, a rapper, a singer a woman of many talents. She's our third cover star for this issue. Anything else on Dochi? She was so nice. Yeah, she was lovely. Um, yeah. She was like, can we do some more? Which yeah, really that was so cute. sweet. I think she wanted to answer more of your questions, woes. Yeah. Advice, queries. tidbits, queries. Mm. So here is the episode. Hi, Dochi. Hi, hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm tired, but I'm fine. Um, For any of our listeners that haven't seen the incredible cover you've done for us and aren't familiar, would you like to very briefly introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Dochi. I'm an artist. I'm a songwriter. I'm a sing. And I'm an entertainer. And I'm from Florida. Nice, thank you. So today we are speaking speaking through, talking through some Agni Art questions for confessions. Eden, would you like to start us off with a question? Yeah, let's go straight into it. Um, so someone asked us anonymously, how do you cope with imposter syndrome and like everyone is clever, cleverer than me thoughts that are hard to shift? It's kind of a tough one. Mm, I think that just kind of realized that a little bit of delusion is okay it's kind of fun and I think that you know ultimately you can't really control what other people think about you so you might as well assume that they think great things and ultimately I also realized that I kind of can't control the negative thoughts I have about myself either so I just like to acknowledge things and I mean Shit, if I am fake and I am an imposter, I should be the best imposter ever. So fuck <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Yeah. I figure, like, if I'm unqualified to be doing this, I don't give a fuck. I'm just unqualified and I'm amazing. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think it's just that, like, everyone feels like an imposter. Or no, not everyone. Some people don't feel like an imposter. That is an invalid statement. But as in... No one knows what they're doing. Everyone is actually an imposter. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like the more you kind of go through creative industries or any field of work, you realize that most people have as much sense of what's going on as you do. And the only way to 
battle that is to be like, well, I know what I'm doing. I just perhaps don't know like the proper or the best way of doing it, which mm-hmm. is likely built on bullshit anyway that was created by people that don't want to make good things. Does that make sense? It does. And it's like, as long as I'm doing things with good intention, I might not know everything that I'm doing and I might feel like I'm literally unqualified to be in a certain position, but I'm already here. So fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Like everyone feels the same way pretty much. Like, so you might as well just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody feels this way. And even if everybody didn't, I don't care. (laughs) I'm already here. (laughs) So don't you, what do you do if you like wake up? And you're like, you are having a day where it's like, oh, I don't know. How do you kind of like manifest that delusion? Like, how do you pep yourself up to have the delusion that you need? How do I pep myself up? I think, hmm. Like, I read this book a long time ago. Um, it's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. And I know like by the title, it might sound like it's about money, but it's not. I just kind of learned the basis of life and just what my entire reality is. So when I have days like that, I just kind of remember what really matters and where I am. Like I live really like moment to moment, like mm-hmm. present moment to moment. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and what happened yesterday doesn't matter. Literally the only moment that exists is like right now as I'm talking to you guys, like this is the current moment and this is the only moment that exists. So it's like, I always break it down to what do I want this moment to be? What do I want my current version of myself to be and feel like? And I adjust my mind to feel that way. So that's kind of how I pet myself up to keep it moving if I'm having that sort of day. You know? nice. I just get really, really present. I think that's such good advice because I think that's part of what imposter syndrome is. You're like, having too wide of a context you're worrying about like I feel like this way about five-year plans and stuff like that because it's like you're always trying to worry and think about the next thing rather than just dealing with what the actual opportunities at present are exactly yeah Eden any more thoughts on imposter syndrome no I think what you've said is true it's like everyone literally feels the same way like I think with imposter syndrome people might think that they're only people with these thoughts but it's like no everyone's everyone suffers with that like and yeah, like you said, that people are thinking like too long term. It's like, just think about what you're doing now or this week, like, and just chill. Like, no one's planning ahead. Everyone's just winging it, basically. Exactly. Pretty much. It's like, this is the only moment that matters. Like, you're right here, you're right now. What are you going to yeah. do right now? And how do you want to feel right now? That's yeah. such good advice. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Any advice on a friend breakup that was three years ago, despite the friendship being toxic in hindsight? any friend advice as in they've had a friendship breakup and it seems like they still care about it three years later even though it's toxic um hmm. oh my god it's like i want to just dig into their life after hearing that i'm like i will have so many questions like i know (laughs) but it's like i don't know what about that friendship has you holding on you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know is there unresolved things do you need to talk to them do you need to call them to get this closure that you need I don't know. I feel like if they've gone three years without trying to like reestablish contact or obviously we don't know if they have, maybe they have and it didn't work, but you know, um, then they've done pretty well. And I think it's natural to miss people, even if you know they were bad for you. 
And someone said to me, one of my friends recently said to me about a breakup. It's like, it's not just the breakup that's hard. It's the fact you have to make that, you have to break up a hundred times. Like you have to wake up every day and stick by your decision. You have to break up that person like 200 times in your head. And that's something that like will stay with you. And I think with friendships, it's even more natural to miss people because there's blurred lines. Like it's not like a relationship where you're like, okay, that romantic love is gone. Maybe there's a friendship there. With a friendship, it's so like, muddy all the time um Mm -hmm. and it's natural to miss people but and it's also natural to romanticize friendships a lot I feel once they're over but if you've made it three years it seems like you're out of the woods a bit and maybe just try and stick with what you're doing and and honestly like sometimes you you don't need somebody else all the time for closure like I remember there was this one relationship I had um, it was like my first ex and he kind of just, the way we broke up was just, I felt like the amount of time we were together, the way we broke up, we shouldn't have broke up that way. And I wanted closure so mm-hmm. bad. So I literally like wrote to myself pretending to be him. And I apologized for him <laughs> on his behalf. And <laughs> I wrote a letter. Myself. So I was basically like, I, I'm telling you like, that's that delusion I'm talking about. But <laughs> I literally managed the apology that I wanted from him <laughs> yeah. to get my own closure. So I kind of understand to like stop myself from reaching out or going back to that. So I, I definitely get it. I'm such a big advocate for this as well, because I feel like exactly what you said, even if you got closure in one way, if your mind is still fixated on that thing, you would find another way to like crave it. You're the only person that can establish that for yourself. And also you don't with a friendship I feel like you don't have to have closure in the same way you can still like sometimes have nice you can have nice memories like you can look back on things you did together and realize you were just good for each other or bad for each other in that moment and it's not relevant to your life anymore Mm -hmm. I agree yeah I love the writing a letter like if they're not going to apologize to me I'm just going to do it for them (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe that like write write down like why maybe like why you miss this person do like a pros and cons list why you miss them but also why they're toxic for you because you must still care about them if three years later you're still wanting to be friends yeah that's what I'm saying it's like we, we have to acknowledge like that's still relevant. You're still, and so much that you're still asking about them. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you should probably write that out and explore those feelings and see why you feel that way. Yeah. I think that's such a good point, Eden. But like, I also feel like care comes in many forms and like care is sometimes staying away from a person that, you know, you cause harm to each other too. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Maybe- like you don't have to go back to them to just, assess the situation you don't need to re go back to the relationship and redo things with them yeah to figure out why you feel how you feel yeah exactly you can like reconcile abstractly you don't have to do it in person exactly nice yeah i like that write write them a letter (laughs) but don't don't send it to them exactly nice i don't know what one to pick next eden do you want to pick the next one yeah let me have a look there's, there's a lot about friends. There is. There's, there's loads yeah, about yeah. <laughs> um, Someone's asked, they're scared that they can't love. They've had crushes, but they were all rude and just wanting attention. I love the idea of someone caring for me, but not caring for them. Am I hopeless? Am I selfish? What can I do? 
this person is repeated one more time. They don't want love. What was it? They're scared they can't find love. I've had crushes, but they were all rooted in wanting attention. I love the idea of someone caring for me, but I don't love the idea of caring for someone else. Am I hopeless? Am I selfish? What can I do? I don't want to say anything because I don't know this person. So I'm not going to say you're selfish. I'm not going to say you're not selfish. I feel like in a situation like that, you need to detach a little bit. Like mm-hmm. things, things like that will come when I, I just truly believe that like you attract what you, you attract based on the frequency that you're vibrating um, to a certain extent. And so I just think that how you're treating others and how you're treating yourself will kind of manifest the of somewhat of a reality around love and things like that. So if you've never experienced love, I don't know if you, how old you are, how young you are. This is why I keep saying, I just wish I could talk to them. <laughs> I know, but like people definitely wouldn't have opened up this much if we could know more about them. <laughs> I know, right? But um, in a circumstance like this, just be patient, detach a little bit. Like I'm sure that's something you'll experience. Just chill and Try not to use people just for attention. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think accepting you want attention is a very brave thing to do because a lot of people shy away from that. And it's something I talk about on this podcast a lot. Like it's really natural to want attention, obviously in healthy amounts. Um, But B, my second point would be like a relationship. It's not like getting a cat. Like maybe you should get a cat and that will teach you about caring for someone (laughs) or thing or cat or dog. But, Also, it's like, I feel like most people don't enter relationships going, I want to care for someone. Like you enter Mm -hmm. a relationship kind of wanting a connection with someone, like wanting experiences, wanting all of these things. And like caring for someone else, it comes naturally with the feelings that are involved in a relationship rather than being like a, um, something you have to enforce. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. And I think when you start to consider like, again that writing it out like why do you want this thing because it's okay to want that obviously everybody wants love everybody wants to connect with somebody and you're completely right everybody does want attention completely Mm -hmm. but it's like do you want that because you just don't have it or is it something that do you have a cup where you could pour you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying Do you have enough in yourself to pour out to someone else and they'll pour it back into you. I think it's just a lot of things to think about. That's all. But yeah, I agree. I love the relationship is not a cat. I think yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just start with a cat. and that will Because yeah. that also gives you attention, but you have to learn to care for it. So maybe it's the perfect middle ground here. Yeah. Because yeah. like what you said about a cup, like, well, it sounds like you want someone to give you a lot, but you're not willing to give back no offense to this person um so maybe try and kind of give a little bit of yourself up and also like like you said Doji like don't force it like it'll happen sometimes it comes along when you're not expecting it baby like it it'll it, love will find you <laughs> but if you're con- if you're looking for someone to give you this attention you're probably not going to find the right person to give it to you or for the wrong or for the right reasons like maybe it's not a relationship that you need right now. Like if you just want attention, just casually date, mm-hmm. just casually date. And that's okay. Cause you can get all the attention and free food in the world. Like just <laughs> It doesn't have to be a relationship right now. And I think I'm always like thinking about where I am. Like right now I thought I wanted another dog and I realized I don't need another dog. I 
barely want to wash my own dishes. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. It's not time for that. So just mm-hmm. be real about where you are. You don't have to judge yourself. Like, even if you are at a selfish point in your life, it's probably for a good reason. Are you young? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. just depends. So it's not whatever. I think it's yeah. like, what's that thing? And I can't remember if people say it about children or animals or maybe both or whether it was on like Super Nanny or some other really bad TV show. But it's like, you know, some people or things or children like don't differentiate between positive and negative attention as well. They just want attention. So it doesn't matter yeah. if it's like positive or negative reinforcement. And I feel like that's worth interrogating too, because if you just want attention, like point black it might attract someone who's giving you the wrong type of attention and maybe that's why you don't feel validated in these connections yeah yeah could be some nasty toxic attention yeah Mm -hmm. because not all attention is good attention (laughs) (laughs) um okay i'm gonna pick oh i don't know what to pick next okay is regular sex important in a long-term loving relationship Hell yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh my God. I just, yes, yes. I think regular is a very broadly undefined term. And it changes. Yeah, like what do we mean? Like on the regular? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me personally, yes. I know everybody's different, but that it's important. I think it's important in so much as you have to define what you want. Otherwise, you're going to be dissatisfied if that's not the case so like it's not important to everyone necessarily Mm -hmm. but it's important to know what you want yeah it's important to feel satisfied like I think when you were like what what is regular like I think it's when you notice that it's not been regular enough and like you feel like it needs to be more regular I think that's maybe if you that's when you should address it yeah and talk about it like even before I get in a relationship, I'm like, so what's your stance on sex? <laughs> really? How do people take it? <laughs> um, I have to have like a negative thing. Like it's really a comfortable conversation. Like before I get with some, and not like before we, I'm saying before we decide we're going to be yeah. together, commit, I'll just be like, so what are things that you like about sex? How often do you want sex? And we talk about that so that I know we're in alignment on that. Like, it's not like a demanding type of thing. It's just, I want to know what satisfies you. And I want you to know what satisfies me. So I know that this is going to work moving forward. Yeah. Definitely. 100% I do that. That's very emotionally mature, don't she? Like, I feel like a lot of people (laughs) just would not feel comfortable to do that. Yeah, I think people are shy. Like people, people don't want to address it or they don't want to like put their needs to the front and be like, this is what I want. I think, yeah, yeah we're all a bit, maybe not, not like prudish, but I think people, people definitely don't want to talk about sex in that way. Like English people think, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> very <Yeah>. English. <laughs> it's very English. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I don't know. Like, is it not? Is it not um, polite? Yeah, we're very, uh, we're a very closed off type of group of people, I suppose. Mm. Um, like, I feel like it's probably changing with younger generations, but there's so much in England, isn't there? Around like, don't talk about money, don't talk about class, don't talk about sex, don't talk mm-hmm. about relationships. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that leaves that you can talk about at the end of the day. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> 
We'd have no podcast topics. <laughs> yeah, we'd have absolutely nothing to talk about on this podcast if that was the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's de- it's definitely changing, but it, especially older people, it just people do feel quite prudish, don't they? Yeah. yeah, I think like the openness that you said that like when you're about to get serious with someone is so important, and I think that so many people probably don't do that because yeah, um, they feel like a bit awkward about addressing the situation. But I think that like yeah. honesty is so important. But on the flip side of that, I feel like English people are way more open about the spectacle of sex. So like when I was out in LA doing the cover shoot with Dochi, mm-hmm. I met up with someone for a drink, and they were saying that when they were in England. Um, shout out Hannah if you're listening because that's how I met her because she listened to this podcast she started watching this show here called Naked Attraction which you probably haven't heard of Dochi but it's literally like a dating show where each person is like balls to the wall naked like fully naked their mm-hmm. head is covered by a screen and people pick each other based on their bodies alone because mm-hmm. of how much they want to fuck them or not and she was like, that would literally never happen in America. Like, we would never get that television show on network yeah, television. No. <laughs> Full, just tits and ass at, like, nine o'clock at night on the TV. Yeah. It's and, like, mad. older people as well. Like, not just, like, young, really hot people. Oh, like, awesome. But with us, I think that's more about, like, the spectacle of it, which is probably not healthy either. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, the shock. It. It's pretty raw. Like, it's straight to the point. Like, let's just... Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it is. It is mad. And then the person, so the person who's like picking them is fully clothed, and then they get naked at the end, and they walk off together and naked and go on their date. But yeah, I guess we love we love to like look at it, but we maybe don't love to talk about it emotionally. We love to be like yeah, a bit vulgar about it. I guess maybe yeah, (laughs) the spectacle. (laughs) What's the name of the show? (laughs) Naked (laughs) attraction. That's cool. I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah you, you should, should watch it. Up. It's it's pretty. Like every American who I've ever who's ever watched it has bought it up because it's yeah. like so wild and weird. But for I us, actually, it's just like, um, oh yeah, I applied to go on it when I was having a bit of a mental breakdown. Did you? Yeah, That's yeah. So I got cute. I got an audition. <laughs> Did you wow. go? No, I was like, I think I was being a bit uh, manic last week. Like. <laughs> Uh, but no, I did not wow, go. That's really cool. But it's fun. I wish you went on it. it. Oh god, can you imagine? <laughs> oh dear. Okay. It funny. <laughs> so it's like a mad segue about making attraction. Then everyone needs to know. We're informing the masses of this like vital piece of television that will mm-hmm. open our minds in the UK to sex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So last, I think we have time for one more question. Advice on forgiving slash trusting close family members who have been in the past very homophobic but seem to have moved past it now mm, moved past it yeah like what my advice would be don't trust them yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like we're talking about blood move past it is what interested me because it's like did they learn did they apologize did they acknowledge how they made you feel in the past? Did they mature past this for sure? Or did they just stop acknowledging it? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just so many things. Like, so they were homophobic in the past and they moved on. Yeah. Meaning like, I don't know. I have have too many questions. Have they grown as a person or are they still just pretending that that's fine? Exactly. It would depend. And it's like, if y'all have talked about it and they've apologized and 
they've acknowledged what they did and they've grown and moved past that and you both have and you haven't, then I think y'all haven't moved past it and it needs to continue to be a conversation mm-hmm. about how badly that hurt you and they need to hold themselves accountable. But if not, detach yourself. I don't give a damn because that's not cool. Mm-hmm. I think with these things as well, it's also like how much effort is the person who's written yeah. in willing to put into it like is this so important to you to talk them like you know to change their perspective or is it less emotionally damaging for you to put that into like a box and move on and limit your contact with that person or move the relationship into a space that is safer and more comfortable for you because I think sometimes yeah constantly trying to get someone to move past their bigotry yeah is a thankless task Mm-hmm. And I'm not responsible for you being homophobic, but I am responsible for my peace. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I will, I will leave. Yeah. <laughs> I will leave the room. Like, no. Exactly. And I feel like with family, it can feel so much um, more emotionally loaded. Like, yeah, as we were yeah. saying, the difference between friends and relationships, the difference between friends and family is like, you feel like you can walk away from a friendship where you can't walk away from a, fa- a family member. Exactly. Which isn't really the case. Or like, even if you feel like you can't fully walk away, which is so understandable, you can definitely recontextualize your relationship in a way that doesn't have so much like emotional pressure on it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's true. You got, you got to look after yourself at the end of the day. Like, sometimes it's not worth the fight if you know deep down that they're not going to change their opinion if they have then that's 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 nice and it's nice to see people learn and grow but yeah you gotta look after yourself I agree and I think it's a judgment of like how much effort are they putting in Mm -hmm. so it's like just as much effort you put in to be homophobic you need to put in to hold yourself accountable for how you how you made me feel and not doing that again double it yeah, double it. <laughs> <laughs> double it, triple it, quadruple it. Yeah. Can we do one more? Yeah, we can. Ooh. Okay. With the rise of TikTok and who is loudest in the room gets heard, should the left, by which I mean, I assume they mean like socially conscious people, start being more unhinged? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> go on Eden I think yeah I think so let's all just start like having mad protests going out into the street with like placards and just like saying our truth mm-hmm. well I think this ties into the previous question where it says moved past it like when you're bringing up that wording don't you it really reminded me of you know how like the phrase of being tolerant and tolerance yeah. and that isn't acceptance tolerance is just like as in it's not acceptance in the radical sense of like loving something caring for it accepting it as a part of the world it's tolerating it like accepting yeah. it exists but not being happy about it mm-hmm. um and I feel like that's where a lot of social conversations exist in that space at the moment as well mm-hmm. um where it's like okay we accept that these things these truths exist or these type of people exist or these conversations have to happen but we don't like it right I have to agree with that as well and like when they say the question was like, should they should they start being more unhinged? What was yeah. the question? Yeah, it was should we start being more unhinged with the rise of TikTok and who is the loudest in the room gets heard? I don't know. I'm mean, yes. It's like I want to say yes, 
but also like in like what type of way you know what i mean well look at like what's happening in paris like they raised the but they raised the pension age by like two years and they're literally like rioting in the street like over like the smallest thing it's like people need to start like taking action because yeah things like yes 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 absolutely i thought i (laughs) thought we were talking about something completely different but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree well i think it's a big thing as well that like marginalized groups in general like whatever intersection of a marginalization you exist within we feel like we have to be very robust in our arguments very intellectually um sound like we have to have everything foolproof kind of otherwise we won't be taken seriously whereas Mm -hmm. like that's not something that is expected of cisgender white straight men like or it's not accepted of like the people that actually run this world yeah so I think we should be more free in like saying our opinions and saying what they think even if they're not always 100% right like as long as they're not bigoted or like hurting another person we should feel free to say what we believe in without like constantly second guessing and doubting ourselves I suppose yeah I agree and like I'm a black woman so it's like culturally and historically in my community radicalism is what got things done so that's not something that surprises me that's what seems to work but then there's also this other half where it's like we do need the intellectuals we do need the peacemakers we do need the people we need uh, both sides, but both sides have a, the same mission and intention. I think that that's important and how you express that is important too. Not everybody needs to be completely unhinged and radical in their mm-hmm. approach to get something done, but we do need those type of people. And I, I think it's okay to explore that personally, if it's for a good cause. I think that's really interesting that you say that as well, because like historically the success of social movements have been based on collaboration and community whereas like the inclusion of tiktok in this question is very individual like tiktok exists for individual people to make individual points whereas what i think we need is collaboration and community in order to be successful exactly yeah well i think that's an excellent note to end on if you're happy don't you (laughs) That's a great note to end on. Yeah. I feel like we've just put the words to the world to rights, literally. Like we solved every yeah. world problem there is ever. Relationships, sex, friends, and uh, social politics. So, done. Yeah. Thank you, Dochi. Thanks, Dochi. And thank you, Eden, for co-hosting this mini-series with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Coach. This is the end of the mini-series with Coach, but if you would like us to keep up confessions, let us know. Maybe there is room to keep doing this. Who can say? Yeah. For now, we'll be back on Monday with a normal Sleepover Club episode. You can check out all of our latest issue content online because, as we said, the print is sold out. Well done if you're quick enough to get one. And we will see you on Monday. Thank you to Olivia for editing, Coach for partnering with us, Gina and Gina, Charlotte, Misha, Grace and Hattie. We will see you next week. Goodbye. See you next week.